0: We here at Perched on the Top Rope would like to offer our condolences today to the family of Lanny Poffo, also known as the brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. Lanny Poffo passed away at the age of 68 today. So we here at Perched on the Top Rope would like to give our condolences once again and allow this moment of silence for a 10-bell salute. podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everybody to Perched on the Top Rope. It is I, the L, adorable one, Alex Todd, joined by the Perch correspondent Justin Largito. Justin, how are you today?
1: I'm good, man. We're coming off the uh, off the heels of a great pay-per-view over this past weekend. A lot of great storytelling over the last week, and we are officially on the road to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, hell yeah, we are, brother. And uh, like we said in that opener. Um, unfortunately the world of pro wrestling lost a great one today in Lanny Poffo, the genius, um, you know, Justin normally does these impersonations when it's just him and I on the show to do the opener. And he said right before we came on that he was trying for like a solid, like 15 minutes to come up with like a, a Lanny Poffo genius promo. Unfortunately we couldn't get it done, but, uh, you know, to the family of Lanny Poffo, just know that we're thinking about you and we wanted to honor you tonight.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But, Justin, like you said, we are on the road to WrestleMania, and let's talk about the biggest thing. First, coming right out of the gates, the Men's Royal Rumble winner of 2023, the returning American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Justin, who would have thought about a year ago, as Cody Rhodes was holding the TNT Championship about almost exactly a year ago, that one year later he'd be winning the Royal Rumble and going on to the main event of WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is with WWE putting over these fucking ex-AEW guys over their, you know, their homegrown talent, but it's fucking oh, bullshit,
0: man. My God, when you said that in the group chat right after the Rumble, I almost shit my pants. You know what's funny is that I get, co- I, you know, someone's out here is going to say it. I get that Cody was a WWE guy first. Uh, that's obvious. But isn't it a little funny that everybody complains when a WWE guy goes to another company and gets put over immediately? But most of the people that are complaining about Cody Rhodes winning aren't even complaining because he's an ex-AEW guy. They're complaining because he's not Sami Zayn.
1: Right. And this will be a discussion for another day. I hate the argument, you know, when, say, a WB guy goes over to AEW or Impact Wrestling, and, you know, they're just known as the WB guy and they're getting pushed in another company because they're the ex-WB guy. I, I hate that argument so much because... You know, who's to say guys like, you know, Heath Slater or Zack Ryder get released from their contract like they have and they're they're not allowed to go succeed anywhere else?
0: Right. That's like, uh, you know, I work at a credit union. That's like me leaving my job there and saying, oh, you can't go work for Chase Bank. You can't go and work for Key Bank, which I already have. (laughs) But, you know, that's like that's like um, you leaving your job and not being allowed to go and work for another dispatching company. You know what I mean? It's stupid and and let's also be fair these guys a lot of these guys that go to other companies aren't getting pushed because they're ex-WWE guys they're getting pushed because they're good now don't don't mistake that for the fact that there have definitely been some guys over the history of pro wrestling that have left a company and they got pushed in another company just because they were from that other company
1: oh yeah uh, they're de- they definitely have been but it's like every every time somebody gets you know a little bit of success somewhere else and they were just released or just left WB, it seems like the argument always comes up. And I I just roll my eyes at it every single yeah.
0: time. Yeah. And it's always those guys that everybody wished that WWE would have pushed in the first place. So it's like, you can't, like, people want to have the cake and eat it too. And they just, it, it's dumb. But right. Justin, what are your thoughts on uh, Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble? Um, we'll, we'll get to this afterwards. But you succeeded in predicting both the men's and women's Royal Rumble winners on last week's show.
1: I did I did and uh you know at the entrance in this rumble match Cody was definitely the right choice. Uh you know a very fun rumble match. I don't know if everyone will agree with me on that. Uh the star of the match wasn't even Cody and I I definitely want to give my props to the man who started the match and finished the match and that's the Intercontinental Champion Gunther. Uh the guy's fucking awesome, you know.
0: Yeah, they uh, they not only raised Gunther's stock By having him go the whole entire distance, um, you know, 1 to 30, getting eliminated last. But they also raised the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship, in my opinion, by doing so as well. Because years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, this this would have been a performance we would have expected out of somebody holding the Intercontinental Championship.
1: Right, and think about it like this. Last year at WrestleMania, and, you know, for a year leading up to that, a year plus actually, the Intercontinental Champion was just ignored for the most part wasn't defended on the pay-per-view and not, not that Gunter has been any better with it. You know, he's only had the one defense on pay-per-view at clash at the castle with Sheamus. So there's a little improvement, but Gunter's featured more than a lot of those former intercontinental champions, like Ricochet and Nakamura and you know, all those guys. He's
0: he's also had more um, title defenses on TV shows as well, compared to other um, past intercontinental championships. He's had a lot of, uh, intercontinental championship matches on smackdown um but you know i i saw this on um another podcast too that uh, Gunther's probably in my top four intercontinental champions in probably the last 20 years i i would argue that the men that have brought in back prestige maybe not, maybe last 10 years i'd i'd uh offered that the men that have really brought prestige back to that title have been the miz without a doubt um, during his run on SmackDown Live in transitioning over to when he got drafted to Raw and was feuding with Roman Reigns and The Shield and whatnot. Um, Seth Rollins, during that white hot run he had in 2018 as the Intercontinental Champion. And then the last two men standing in the Royal Rumble, Gunther and Cody Rhodes. And I say Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes was one <laughs> the one that brought back the white IC title strap, which is by far my favorite incarnation of the Intercontinental title as a whole.
1: Yeah, that is the one thing I wish we could get back in this title reign with Gunter, but, you know, the man just deserves his props. He's got himself in a fantastic shape. Ever since he's come up to the main roster, he's just been, been killing it. Like, won the Intercontinental title practically immediately from Ricochet. In this Rumble, he broke the longest time spent in a Rumble match at 71 minutes, breaking Rey Mysterio's prior record of one hour, two minutes. And he did have the most eliminations tied when this as well with Cody at five. So I think Gunther was made a star here, and I this this man's a future world champion.
0: Absolutely. And I wouldn't mind if Cody does end up defeating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind them running Gunther and Cody Rhodes back again. I think that could make for if he drops the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, I think that could make for an incredible SummerSlam main event. Absolutely.
1: And you know, fucking Gunther uh he definitely has a lot of star potential on the main roster and you know, I definitely see big things for him. Thankfully, uh, if you remember last year, Vince McMahon almost fucked that up uh, with that 4th of July Raw segment with our truth Oh my god. Vince was planning on fucking that dude up afterwards. But thankfully for Gunther, the next week Vince stepped down. So it all worked out. Hopefully it continues to work out, but we're just taking that day by day at this point.
0: Yeah, I think at this point, Gunther's one of Triple H's guys, and I really don't see... Um, I don't I don't see his stock lowering at any point soon. But uh, back to our main point, Cody versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We have the bloodline versus the bloodline. And the reason I say that is I did a little bit of research um, after something on Facebook prompted me to look this up. Um, looking back in history, Dusty Rhodes and uh, Roman Reigns' father were actually rivals at one point during their careers um cody also has ties to the Samoan family he, back when he was in legacy when they had manu in the family in the in the legacy with randy orton and whatnot one of roman reigns family members as well so uh, cody's no stranger to the anawaii family and i think that they should capitalize that and probably bring some of that history in i know cody is a big history buff So I I would love to see him kind of include some of that with his father's history and his own history with that family. I am actually extremely excited about this match. You know, a lot of people are upset that Sami Zayn wasn't in the Rumble and that he didn't win, that he isn't going to face Roman for the World Championship at WrestleMania. But I don't see it that way because I think Sami Zayn still has the potential to be one of the top stars within the next year. I just think that right now the bigger story for Sami Zayn is the reuniting with Kevin Owens after everything they've gone through. And we we still have to see where Jey Uso's, um, you know, where his loyalty lies. He walked out after the bloodline started beating the hell out of Sami Zayn after the Universal title match. So it, I, I think there's a lot more to be said going into WrestleMania right now um, with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso specifically, you you can easily do Sammy and Roman again later this year without the title. But I think the best story that really could have came out of this is Cody's rise to WrestleMania in the main event.
1: Yeah, and you know the only negative thing I can say about this because I'm still for Cody and Roman. I've been for Cody and Roman going into the match. I've been for Cody and Roman. You know, coming out of the match, I will probably be for Cody and Roman in the main event of WrestleMania. Coming out of WrestleMania. To me, it does feel like with the way the Royal Rumble ended, and you know the storytelling over the last year with Sami Zayn and the Bloodline. To me, man, it does feel like it should be Sami and Roman at WrestleMania, and that that hurts me to say. Not not in a bad way, that like as an insult to Sami Zayn, but you know, with how much has been built up over the last year, you know, all the teases that the Bloodline going to turn on Sami Zayn, it just. You know, you heard that reaction when Sami Zayn hit Roman with that chair at the Royal Rumble. Just, I haven't heard a pop like that in a long, long time. To the point where it distorts the microphones from the arena going through your TV. And, you know, it's unfortunate timing. Because, you know, Cody's, he's won the Rumble. So we're, we're getting Cody and Roman either way. And WB has to be very careful, I think. Because this could be another Daniel Bryan situation from WrestleMania Thirty.
0: I agree, um, and it's funny that you brought up Daniel Bryan. We were talking about Gunther's um, record-breaking um, time in the Rumble, the only man to have more. Don't time bring in... it up. Don't and bring Abraham... up the
1: greatest Royal Rumble. I
0: have to. The only man. No, they don't bring it up, so we don't have to bring it up. The only man that's actually lasted more. Yeah, but you got to admit what Daniel Bryan did during that match was impressive, especially yeah. with how beaten his chest was during that match. Um. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson is the only person that has lasted in a type of Royal Rumble because I will not call it the Royal Rumble. The um, one. Yeah, it was the greatest one. Um, he's the only one that's lasted longer. So um, that's that's to be said. Um, if they don't do another Greatest Royal Rumble match, that doesn't really matter at this point. So we'll really just stick to Good reign. Rain. But you know, I think unfortunately with WWE signing Cody Rhodes, you know, last year I think. This year, they kind of booked themselves into a corner because not only on one side did they have this incredible Sami Zayn story with the bloodline and when they were going to turn on him and the inevitable Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns, but you have also arguably the hottest wrestler in the world right now. Like, everybody says these things about Cody, but you you can't say that he's not probably the best thing going in pro wrestling. Now, he is the total package... And, you know, a year ago, everybody would have been fine with this if this Sami Zayn story hadn't been in place because everybody was white hot for Cody coming back. And some things to be said about Cody returning at the Rumble, too, that the internet wrestling community isn't always right. Everybody said, Cody's going to come back. Everybody's going to boom. It feels too forced. That crowd lit up when he came out, showing that the live crowd attendance doesn't always agree with what the internet has to say. And really the live crowd attendance is kind of who matters the most when it comes to these shows, because that's what allows WWE to put the presentation on that they do. However, um, if we're going with my one complaint about the men's Royal Rumble match, I don't think Cody should have been booked as number 30. I agree. Not, I wouldn't have had an issue with him being 30 if he hadn't been injured for the past nine months. Um, Okay, so a couple things. If, if we were going to announce like we did, that Cody Rhodes was coming back early, I think he should have came in maybe somewhere around the middle of the Rumble because I think bringing him out number one would have been too much of a giveaway, and I think bringing him out at number 30 is too much of a giveaway. I think something right in the middle, you would have given him lengthy time in the Rumble. You would have had to see him try and fight through coming back from this injury, and it would have gotten everybody behind him the most. Uh, the moment he came out at number 30, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that Cody was winning the Rumble. It, it, it wasn't even close. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. My other issue with the Men's Royal Rumble match is the placement on the card. Yeah, but I, I understood the placement
1: on the card seeing as the the angle we got at the end of the show. You, you couldn't not close the show with the Universal title match with what you had at the end of it.
0: Exactly. It's like we had two major moments and so what WWE was trying to do is they were trying to kind of them out so it didn't take the air out of the crowd which it kind of did for most of the show except for the world title match at the end. Uh the men's royal rumble going on first there was not much reaction to a lot that happened for the rest of the night right up until Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns with that chair.
1: I mean they were pretty alive for the women's rumble for the most part. I guess. And give them credit. They, in between all that they had the the pitch black match, the Mountain Dew pitch black match and the
0: uh, Raw Women's title match, which I don't remember a lick of. Yeah, me either. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk that, the bloodline turning on Sami Zayn. Where do you think this angle is going to go? Because we've got many different facets of this angle going in now. We've got the obvious uh, Roman Reigns-Sami Zayn feud, which we're going to see hopefully more of what's going on with that angle later tonight on SmackDown. But also, at the same time, we have the Jey Uso issue with the bloodline and him saying on Instagram that he was done saying to run it back with Roman Reigns. It could be possible that this is just a swerve. And that's what I'm thinking it most likely is, is that, you yeah, know, we're going to see Jey Uso act like he's done with the bloodline for a couple weeks and then inevitably get involved with whatever Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns do at Elimination Chamber. But I think the, the bigger swerve could be if Jay actually is done with the bloodline because that would leave so many questions. And it would leave everybody absolutely glued to their TV screens between now and WrestleMania, with not only Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn being the ones to watch out for, but Jey Uso as well. Uh, I I would love to see, um, personally, as a, a fan of wrestling storylines, I would actually love to see Jey actually be done with the bloodline. Because if, if not Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso has probably had the best storytelling in the past year as well, from... Fighting Roman Reigns, to joining the bloodline, to hating Sami Zayn, to loving Sami Zayn, to not knowing what to do with his life now, um, who would have ever thought that one half of the Usos would be one of the guys to watch going into WrestleMania?
1: Right, and it's Jay. It's not even the one that
0: was on Total Divas, you know? <laughs> Jay has shown, really, that he is main event Jay over the past year. That man, if for whatever reason, Jimmy Uso decided to step down tomorrow and retire from pro wrestling and not be involved anymore, Jay could easily survive the world of WWE on his own.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I think this is definitely going to lead to some kind of swerve. I wouldn't have Jay, you know, like align himself with Sammy on TV or be Buddy Buddy. You know, they're doing this the finals of the SmackDown tag title number one contenders tournament tonight. I would imagine that match is going to happen within the next few weeks with those winners getting their title shot. I would keep Jay off of TV until Elimination Chamber completely for the next three weeks. Okay. I would have Solo, you know, I would let them use the free bird rule, have Solo take Jay's place for these title defenses. Well, why two... not
0: Sami Zayn just did it?
1: Right. It, it it just makes the most sense to me. I, w- I would definitely keep Jay off TV up until Elimination Chamber where he makes his final decision. And he fucking costs Sami Zayn the Universal, or excuse me, the Undisputed Universal Championship in his hometown or his home state it of uh Montreal, Quebec.
0: That would that would probably make for one of the best builds to a tag team title match at WrestleMania in god over a decade. Well, here's the thing you do
1: that. That could help your whole situation and your worry about Cody and people turning on him. Because now you have Jay costing Sammy the you know, the Universal Championship, and everyone's pissed at Jay at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have Kevin Owens come out, make the save at the end of the show, there you go, there's your tag title feud, here, here you go, here's Cody Rhodes and Roy, uh, Roman Reigns going straight to WrestleMania. So now you have your two big matches. And, you know, everyone's not looking at Sami Zayn as, you know, the guy who should be challenging Roman. He's the guy who is getting revenge on the Usos for, you know, fucking him over in his hometown.
0: That Yeah, and I think at that point, I think the... Tag title match, whether it's for the undisputed tag titles or they're split up by then. I have a feeling that we are going to see the tag titles split up before WrestleMania, especially with the fact that they've been being defended separately as of recent memory. Um, I, I would argue. I think the Ross. I think the Raw tag team titles are going to get moved on to somebody else. I personally would lo- still love to see the Judgment Day win the tag team titles with what they've been doing lately. But um, at that point, it's got to be Finn Balor and. Damien priest that win them because clearly we're going for towards mysterio versus mysterio at wrestlemania and from what i've read it's possible that it's going to be a hair versus mask match which i am so down for because like that plays to their heritage i'd love to see dom get shaved bald it'd be hilarious excuse me um a little bit of the seltzer tonight ladies and gentlemen it's making me a little gassy my apologies but I, I'd love to see the mysterious, but back to the tag title match, you get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens facing the Usos for what I would predict is the SmackDown tag team titles. And I think that could easily be the uh main event of one of the nights of WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what builds into the whole story? You know, when Kevin Owens uh turned face last year, once Triple H had kind of taken over Creative and you know, his whole direction completely changed, he set on TV like his goal is to be a champion again in WB. And, you know, here's Sami Zayn just getting fucked over by his brothers and, you know, just coming together and winning the tag titles and accomplishing both goals at the same time.
0: Right. And who knows? This could even, you know, Triple H has been big on these long term stories as of late. You know, we we saw him, um, you know, do this with Sami Zayn. We've seen the standing standing rivalry with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, which the second half of it has been booked by Triple H. We've seen a lot of it, um, and I, I can almost see them continuing the build with Sami Zayn, and possibly by next year at WrestleMania, he could be going into the main event.
1: Yeah, he, he's come a long way since Johnny Knoxville last year, so... I
0: actually loved that match. That was one of the only few gimmick matches at a WrestleMania that I've actually enjoyed.
1: I didn't enjoy the feud. I, I Looking back on the match, I, I do have an, somewhat of an appreciation for it. Yeah,
0: the match was entertaining. The build to it was fucking awful. It was your typical past heel dealing with a celebrity it, it, the, the build was awful but the match was entertaining thanks to both in part by the effort that johnny knoxville put in and the fact that sammy Zayn is a wrestling genius
1: but i loved
0: roman's line uh
1: you know as he's kind of trying to hype up sammy to hit owens with a chair and he goes you want to go back to do a jackass
0: shit roman reigns is gold with what he says on the microphone now i don't care what anybody says that man has come such a long way since suffering suck attach hey they got the fuck you roman chance at the royal rumble and it was actually intended good job guys did you see pat mcafee's response to the fuck you roman chance? oh god yeah i somebody got it on tiktok and they were just zoomed in on pat mcafee and the fuck you roman chants were going around and pat was just like and then he was just like getting hyped up for it like he does <laughs> about literally everything and it was it was great to watch. Um, but turning our attention to the other Royal Rumble, we also saw Rhea Ripley, your other pick for the women's Royal Rumble, go from number one to number thirty, win the entire thing. I believe she's the first woman to go from number one and win it all. Um, I'm okay with Rhea winning. Um, I you know if Bailey hadn't won, Rhea was my next choice. And the only reason I didn't pick her is because you did, but apparently Lee threw that all out the window with making a similar pick to you last week as well. Whatever. Um, I just, I thought it was a little cliche that we saw in the same night a number 30 and a number one win. I I wasn't a fan of that,
1: if I'm being completely honest. Right, I
0: feel like one or the other, one of them, one night. You know what I mean? That you get, and we got to
1: separate these numbers out a bit when it comes to these rumbles,
0: right? And we just saw Edge win from the number one spot two years ago. Like, I, I don't mind when repeat spots win, but I feel like it was too close together. We literally just saw Edge win from number one two years ago, and then Rhea's involved in a storyline with Edge and Beth Phoenix, so right. I don't know, it just feels a little repeat ish to me, but. I, I'm still down for Rhea Ripley winning. What I don't know if I'm down for is the announced match for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. We are getting Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley number two at WrestleMania. I I thought it was a shoe-in, if I'm being honest, that if Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble, that we were going to see Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Same here, man. I
1: Look, I, I understand the story they're going for doing Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's title. You know, Charlotte's beat Rhea for the NXT Women's title at WrestleMania uh, last year at Money, or no, excuse me, two years ago at Money in the Bank, uh, Charlotte beat Rhea for the Raw Women's Championship. So it's a matter of Rhea is just unable to beat Charlotte for the title and retain her title. Obviously, Rhea's not going into this match as champion, but also coming out of this, if Rhea wins and defeats Charlotte, she becomes a Grand Slam champion. She's already held the NXT Women's Championship, the Raw Women's Championship, and the tag team titles. So, Rhea's building up quite a resume. I understand where they're going with this. I just, I feel like Bianca and Rhea was the bigger match to do. Just just my opinion in that case.
0: I also feel like if they were going to go back to Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania, I think it would have made more sense if their babyface heel alignment was switched around. I feel like this story of her going after Charlotte to finally beat her is more of an underdog babyface story. I don't know how I feel so much about it as a heel story because it kind of just seems like it comes off whiny. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Another reason why I, I just because it popped into my head, I feel like they're going this direction as like an excuse to get Dominic Mysterio in the Judgment Day on SmackDown so they can continue the feud with Dominic and Ray.
0: That would make sense. Um, and back to what you were saying about Rhea being a Grand Slam champion, if she wins, she would really, if you think about it, this isn't a term that they actually use. So this could be our own term, but she'd really be like almost like an ultra Grand Slam champion. Because if you think about it, she's also a former NXT, NXT UK Women's Champion as well. Right. So if she were to win the Raw Women's Championship, I believe that would make her the only woman in WWE history to win all those titles.
1: Yeah, because there's there's only four. Tony Storm's not with the company anymore. Uh, Miko Satomura is somewhere, and <laughs> Kelly Ray is Elbow Fire now, so we don't know what she's doing.
0: Yeah, so um, you know, hats off to Rhea Ripley. I think we would have had a better story with her and Bianca Belair, but there's also a lot of rumors going around that the possibility is that they did Charlotte versus Rhea because they might be looking to fit Ronda Rousey into the Raw Women's Championship oh. match. Fuck off. Well, the only reason I say that, you know, I've read up on a lot of it. Um, Bianca Belair and Ronda Rousey is one of the last big women's matches that they have not gone with yet. Besides, in my opinion, Shayna Baszler, just because the story kind of writes itself there. But, I mean, Ronda's kind of ran roughshod through everybody with the exception of Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler. And Shayna Baszler's not really in a place to be worked up to be that challenger right now. So, I mean, if we don't do that, who does Bianca face?
1: uh easy looking at who's in the elimination chamber uh fucking asuka the one who's came come back with a brand new character looks fucking badass she's the murder clown kana again
0: you know how can you not go with asuka to
1: face bianca she's the next best choice
0: that's fair i'd like to see a heel turn from her if we're gonna do that then but i mean that that's also completely possible we still have plenty of time before wrestlemania but um yeah i a little underwhelmed by flair and ripley too but i mean just want to point out
1: too rhea ripley better win this fucking match at wrestlemania i swear to god she better win this fucking match
0: charlotte wins lol i
1: I will be fucking pissed sitting in my seat i might throw popcorn i don't know
0: oh yeah you're gonna be there live yeah well i mean yeah i guess if if they have her win charlotte could beat her again and continue her number of reigns that is that is entirely possible fuck
1: off she's technically already a fucking 16 time women's champion if they don't count the nxt women's title for some oh reason. yeah i
0: forgot she's got two nxt women championship victories yeah. because she she actually won the title when she was an nxt too
1: believe yeah, she, was, what, the,
0: she was like what the second nxt women's champion ever exactly. because because Paige had to uh, vacate the
1: title after coming to the main roster and then they did the tournament when she beat natalia
0: yeah and then she did some weird things with that title but we won't talk about that We didn't have to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I did have to, though. I am that guy. But while we're on the topic of WrestleMania, um, let's talk about some other matches that it seems like they might be building up for WrestleMania. Uh, First one, Lashley Lesnar. A lot of people think that this feud has gone on long enough, but to me, it hasn't had the decisive blow-off that it needs. It hasn't had the big match under the bright lights that both of these men deserve for how much this feud has been fantasized by people over the past, I'd say, almost 20 years. People have been wanting Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley since almost when Bobby Lashley made his debut in WWE in 2005, which happened to be right around the time that Lesnar left.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm fine with this match taking place at WrestleMania. It would have to have some kind of stipulation. So I've kind of been sitting here trying to think of what they could do. You could do your generic no holds barred that, you know, Lesnar is used to doing every year at WrestleMania, or at least some point throughout the year. Uh, Please no,
0: I'm having PTSD from the Brock lesnar Dean Ambrose match.
1: I was just thinking about that the other day, too. Um... You could do a steel cage if you wanted to. I think that would work with both guys' MMA background. Uh, and I personally wouldn't go with this, but if we're going to go that direction, we could reintroduce the fight pit. That I was also- just going to say that! Right. Now, I wasn't a fan of that Matt Riddle-Seth Rollins match. Not that it was terrible or it was bad. I just feel like they could have did a lot more with what they had, and they just didn't. Like, it just kind of fell flat for me.
0: Yeah, I-, I can see where you're going with that. Um, I would also definitely be okay with a last man standing match i think that could be really fun with lesnar and lashley because think of the amount of things around the arena that those two men could just get destroy right and uh, that would also work well if that match ends up being one of the main events of one of the night two because if you do night one and you have them go on last to have them tear apart the arena beating the hell out of each other they have plenty of time to rebuild that within 24 hours
1: right and you know i definitely think we'll see the reunion of the hurt business. Uh, in the build to this feud i don't know if omas is going to be a part of it because he's still hanging around mvp and i'm kind of confused about that because i figured you know the reason he was just off tv for so long was they were just going to kind of move him out of the picture maybe send him back to developmental and then he just fucking showed up again so i don't know what they're doing
0: what's interesting to me about the hurt business reuniting is that um with omas and lashley omas and mvp should i say um, you saw them getting that involved in Bobby Lashley's number one contenders match to become the number one contender to the U.S. championship. But on that same Raw, we saw Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander actually lose a match. So they weren't giving them the same booking like they thought. But we've also seen some more interaction on social media and in the background of uh, you know interviews and stuff uh, between MVP and the Street Profits. And the Street Profits also seem like they're going through an interesting... Story right now they're both about to have separate singles matches to um gain possibly entry into the elimination chamber match for the united states championship there's some interesting things going on with them and i there's a lot of people that have been speculating that this new version of the hurt business might involve the street profits as opposed to cedric alexander and shelton benjamin which if they were to turn them He'll maybe give them a more serious look. I could be down with it. Now, The reason that I'm bringing that up is that if Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin aren't involved in the Hurt Business and they reunite the Hurt Business and the Hurt Business is on Bobby Lashley's side going into this match with Brock Lesnar at Wrestlemania, is it possible that we see the reuniting of the God two... Wins. Huh? Godwins? No. Oh, you know
1: what? No, because we have Cowboy Brock We could do Bobby Lashley and Cowboy
0: Brock and a hog pen match at WrestleMania. Nope, not where I was going either, but that'd be funny.
1: Look that shit.
0: Well, I was going to say if the Hurt Business gets involved and Shelton and Cedric aren't in it, it's possible that you could rely on the background of, you know, the college background between Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar as well. Sure. We never got that on TV, but a lot of people know about their history together. They even made mention of it at the 2020 Royal Rumble when Shelton Benjamin made his entrance and then immediately got thrown over the rope by Brock Lesnar, but we're not going to talk about that either. Um, I, I think that could be an interesting twist if you're trying to give something fresh to this story, where you have Shelton Benjamin kind of trying to figure out which side he wants to be on between the Hurt Business or his old buddy Brock Lesnar I, I think that there, there's there's a lot of ways that they can make this match fresh going into WrestleMania, and I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, man. There's a, definitely a few different directions they can go, and while we're on the topic of Cedric and Shelton, has any team broken up and gotten back together more times than those two? Because mm. it's been like four times in the last two years.
0: I feel like there's one... I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't I mean, I'd almost say Kevin Owens is Sami Zayn, but you can make that point. I'm trying to think. I mean, the Hardys broke up and got back together a lot too, but in the past four years, I, I would say probably not. Um, but I—that's right. I, I, the other thing. That's why I'm saying I think that if they were to go that route with it, they could kind of rejuvenate Cedric and Shelton a little bit. They've been—they've been. They've been up until R-Truth's injury recently, they have been kind of testing the waters of like doing some new things with Shelton and giving him more of like a serious, like trying to get back to the prestige he was once at on main event. They've, they've been kind of testing the waters on that. So it, it shows that backstage they do want to do something with Shelton and kind of not leave him in the background like he has been. So I, I would, I would hope to see that Shelton Benjamin's an amazing athlete and he definitely deserves more than he's been given in WWE. The other thing that's funny is that anytime Shelton Benjamin's WWE anniversary comes up every year, I don't know if you've noticed this, but he always says, "This is 20 years I've been with WWE, brother. You were gone for like 10 years, right? Like, we're not going to talk about the fact that you went to New Japan Ring of Honor for like 10 years. Remember when Shelton Benjamin had
1: a gimmick on SmackDown where he, you could like hear his thoughts?
0: Oh my god, I forgot. And it went,
1: it was went on for like a month, but it just they never brought it up again. <laughs>
0: What I'll really never understand is since his return back uh, to WWE in 2017, why we've never gotten a return of the actual gold standard Shelton Benjamin. Like the blonde hair, having grown his hair back, having dye it blonde. Like that was the most over he had been. Everybody loved the gold standard. Just give me the old theme song. That's all I want. Bro, that's all anybody wants. Like, how they hard is it stopping me? No, and you can't tell me that it's not possible. We've seen old theme songs come back before. Jeff Hardy left; his No More Words theme came back. We've we've seen it happen before. Um, I I'm, I'm almost willing to guarantee that Sami Zayn's Old Worlds Apart theme song is going to come back by the time WrestleMania rolls around. Because if they really want to pop the crowd for Sammy, they're going to bring that back too. Um, awesome. But either way, Lesnar and Lashley going to tear the house down at WrestleMania. Move on to the next one. x Dom, most likely on a collision course with his old man, Ray Mysterio at WrestleMania. I mentioned earlier that there have been thoughts that this could possibly be a mask versus hair match. Now, my initial thoughts on this were kind of a little eye-rolling at first, because my first thought was, well, if they're doing hair versus mask, Ray has to win, because they're not going to have Ray lose his mask on WWE television. But then I thought about it, and I don't know if you remember, but in an interview, Ray Mysterio said it back, I think it was in like 2019, right? As Dom was kind of coming into his own on WWE with like the Brock Lesnar storyline and then later with the Seth Rollins storyline. Ray actually said in an interview that if he had the choice, he wants to retire against his son at WrestleMania.
1: Hey, it, it's definitely possible. I, you know, Ray is definitely slowing down in, in the years that, you know, he has left wrestling. I don't ever see them unmasking him on wbtv i could see it as a situation where like ray beats dominic and he kind of you know hands over his own mask and you know that's the uh that's the coronation of prince mysterio dominic mysterio you know
0: it's definitely possible i just that was some thought i gave that you know if ray does lose his mask if this is a mask versus hair match and he does lose his mask that that's most likely a sign that he's done and that he is retiring so It's possible that they could go with it. It would definitely bring a shock factor to a live crowd at WrestleMania. I'm sure if you were sitting there and you saw them have him uh, unmasked after the match was over, you'd probably have a reaction just like everybody else.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's Rey Mysterio. We haven't seen that. Well, we have, but you know what I mean. On TV, in a wrestling ring, we haven't seen that man without a mask in over two decades.
0: Exactly. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this because Dom with the Judgment Day and this XCOM Dom thing, it's it's helped him grow on the microphone. Is he the top guy on the mic? No, but we also have to remember the kid's still what 24. He's got plenty of time to improve. Look at Brock Lesnar; he's one of the top men in WWE, and he's aff- absolutely awful at promos.
1: And look, a heel turn like it has for Dominic can do wonders for so many people. You know. It's easier to get people to hate you than it is to like you. And I think Dominic has kind of realized that in the last few months.
0: Yeah, and then the more that people hate you, the more that they start to like you. It's a weird paradox in pro wrestling. Um, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, whatever you want to call him, was just talking about this recently with Chris Van Fleet. And he's like, the ticket to being a good babyface is to be a good heel. He's like, because if you're a babyface and really good, then you become really bad. But if you're really bad, you're so bad that you become good and he said it in a way that only he can but i mean it's completely true we've seen guys like the rock guys like roman reigns even steve austin because let's be honest steve austin before he became steel a heel, steve austin was kind of a generic baby face that not a lot of people got behind either um we saw you know turning heel kind of helped the likes of bret hart or hulk hogan it's it's a weird Oxymoron in wrestling that I'll never quite understand, but it is what it is. So, uh, Dom,
1: matter of you know, it just brings out the personality in you. And yeah, it's feeling like you have to get people to like you, and you're just this bland character constantly on TV. Yeah,
0: and being a heel definitely allows you to up your promo game too. That's for sure.
1: Right.
0: Uh, moving on to the next match, we saw this kind of start at the Royal Rumble. A lot of people groaned. I thought this was the funniest goddamn thing. The whole match. Logan Paul eliminated Seth Rollins from the Royal Rumble. And it appears to me as a watching Monday Night Raw that we are most likely going to see Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul set for WrestleMania. Seth was asked about being tossed over the rope by Logan Paul in an interview on Monday Night Raw and he simply walked away. It seemed like Seth Rollins was in line for this baby face turn, but I don't know if he is now going to this match with Logan Paul unless they decide to do a double turn. Which could work, because... I would. I <laughs> fucking would. I mean, everybody hates Logan Paul, but also, Logan's Paul, uh, Logan Paul has probably got the most respect from the fans that he has had since joining the WWE after that amazing spot with Ricochet at the Royal Rumble.
1: That man still owes me some crypto. I'm a boo his ass.
0: You, you can't admit, though, that, that springboard clothesline collision in midair wasn't one of the coolest things you've ever seen. I mean, they kind of just hit each other, but... Bro... You can't even, you're, you're literally just saying that because you hate his ass now. Because everybody else that has watched it, we've never seen anything like that.
1: Why would I springboard off the ropes? On top of that, standing on the apron, risking elimination in the Royal Rumble, by the way. Springboard off the top rope and just collide into somebody. I mean, at that point, you gotta
0: say Ricochet's just as stupid for doing it, too.
1: He is! I'm not gonna, gonna, like, fucking give him nothing, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Fair enough. It's funny, though, because while looking at the remainder of the wrestlers that were in the ring, you could tell that Braun Strowman was the only other person besides Logan Paul and Ricochet that actually knew that that spot was gonna happen. Because before they were even taught, like, they were standing on the ropes, but before you could even tell that they were gonna jump at each other, Braun had lifted his head up, he was on the ground, and he was... Just looking between the two of them. And, you know, him and Ricochet have been teaming lately. So you have to believe Ricochet looked at him before the match and said, watch what I'm going to fucking do. Right. But his reaction was the coolest of all. He just literally looked at it. He, like, kind of rolled his eyes and just threw his head back down on the mat. (laughs) But I I could, I definitely think, I think Rollins, Logan Paul would be very entertaining. But you got to let these guys absolutely go. Um, You know. Logan Paul has, in my opinion, the best buckshot lariat in pro wrestling right now. No offense to Hangman Adam Page. Logan Paul just executes it better. The one thing I would like to say, if we're going to take a timeout real quick, WWE 2K23 released their game a little bit of gameplay this past week, and obviously Logan Paul is in the game. Please, please allow him to have the buckshot lariat so we can create Hangman Adam Page and actually give him the move.
1: Dude, while we're on the topic, have you seen like the actual gameplay footage for War Games? In the I game? have, dude, it's
0: amazing. I'm so excited. D- and the fact that the gameplay allows you to bring weapons into the cage, too.
1: Yeah, and you can roam free around the ring before you get in the cage, too, which is just awesome.
0: We're going to have to play online so we can absolutely just destroy Lee since he's not here. We'll talk shit about him. <laughs> um but you yeah, know I'm I'm down with Roman Reigns and Logan Paul I think it could be a good match. Um now the next one is just speculation. We don't really know that this is confirmed yet, but there is speculation that supposedly Austin Theory is set to retain the United States Championship in the elimination chamber match and there is rumors that he will be issuing a US title open challenge at WrestleMania 39. And from what I've been hearing, the plan is if he does go through this, and this is a creative direction that they want to go, that we might be finally getting Austin Theory versus the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion John Cena for the United States Championship of WrestleMania.
1: Oh, at this point, I think it's the clear direction. Theory's on TV every week dropping old Cena catchphrases like the champ is here. He just did that last week on SmackDown, too. So, you know, and I... It, just to go back to Rollins and Logan Paul for a minute if we're not getting Logan and uh John Cena and you know if Rollins isn't doing anything with Cody and there's not really much of a direction with Rollins I feel like that is a good match to have Logan and Rollins you know just to kind of give them something to do but
0: I, I mean, agree you know I'm actually kind of sad that we're not going in the Logan Paul John Cena direction because I think that could have actually made the company a decent amount of money I think it could have made both Logan and Cena a decent amount of money that would have been I mean, easily, in my opinion, the most mainstream match on the card.
1: I mean, I, I just I, I'd rather have uh, Cena and Theory,
0: man. Honestly, I, from a wrestling standpoint, I totally agree. I'm just saying from like a, a pop culture um, type standpoint. I think John Cena, and Logan Paul could have made a lot of money, but um, from a wrestling standpoint, I think Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, and Cena, Austin Theory makes the most amount of sense. Um, And then moving on, we have the obvious that we have just discussed earlier, most likely getting, whether it's the SmackDown Tag Team Championships or the Unified Tag Team Championships, the Usos facing Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and that might possibly fucking steal the show.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: I think if that's the direction they go in, I personally feel as though they need to keep the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on a different night's show. Think Cody Rhodes versus Roman. One hundred
1: percent. I I do the tag titles night one and Roman and Cody night two.
0: Yep. I think both matches deserve their own spotlight. And I think if you do both of them on the same show, granted, I already have my personal prediction. I I have a feeling that we're finally legitimately going to see Roman Reigns lose the championship at WrestleMania. But if you do both of them in one night. Obviously, the tag title match goes on first, and I think that's kind of a giveaway of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens when the Cody's winning, especially if it's done on the same night. I would love to see Sami and Kevin win in the main event on night one for the tag titles, and then you have Cody beat Roman at the main event of night two, and then you have Sami and Kevin come out and celebrate Cody's victory with him. Because then at that point, you have the three most over babyfaces in the company closing out the show night two of Wrestlemania.
1: Even if they don't close, you know, WrestleMania night two, I would definitely
0: open raw the next night with all three of them in the ring. Absolutely. And I, I, that also leads me to believe whether it's going to be SummerSlam later this year after Roman and the Usos maybe take some time off or whether it's the raw after mania, we have to have a six man tag match between Cody Zane and Owens versus the bloodline. It's gotta happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I would probably do it the raw after mania. And you know, even
1: if you can't get Roman Reigns for that slot, I would I would just insert Solo. In the oh slot. yeah,
0: yeah, you could easily insert Solo there. You could do that by easily making Solo the first challenger for Cody's championship too, because right. even though he hasn't been around enough, he is enough of a powerhouse to where you could easily insert Solo Sakoa into the main event.
1: Yeah, definitely. you know, you
0: you say that in in lieu of Roman not being around that. Solo is trying to get revenge for Roman or something like that. I think he would be a perfect first challenger for Cody. Sadly, I wouldn't see that ending very well for Solo, but I mean, they could easily make him look strong coming out of it. Yeah, and they've been protecting him. He has he has not taken a loss and if he has, it's it hasn't been clean, so Exactly. Um, but while we're talking about the Royal Rumble, we're going to talk about one of the worst spots of the Royal Rumble. Did you watch that awful goddamn country concert? with Hardy. Uh Jeff Hardy? Honestly, I think uh I think Jeff Hardy would have done the show more justice at that point. This was guy it? like I've I've heard his music in in studio, like I've heard his studio music. And he sounds fine, but that live performance was fucking awful, man.
1: Yeah, look, it didn't help matters putting it in between the women's rumble and the main event. Uh at that point people are just fucking tired and they they just want to go home. Uh, especially when the show was running four four and a half hours at that point. So, look, even Pat McAfee he didn't give a fuck. He was just talking over Hardy the whole time. So
0: it was so funny, and, it, and it's funny too because I gotta I gotta give this one to Lee. You know they had the dirt sheets had said the next day that WWE internally was not happy with Hardy's performance, and Lee got on our Facebook page and shared it and just said, "Well, no shit." <laughs> like as if it wasn't already obvious by all the fans that were complaining about it while it was happening and this is the guy that hit Solo Sokoa with a guitar like on Raw just a couple weeks ago I I feel at this point Solo should have came out and just fucking destroyed him
1: right not to mention we took all the fucking ropes and turnbuckles off the ring to set up this fucking equipment for this performance
0: like you couldn't just do the concert in the ring with the ropes around like that's not
1: possible Right. It, it took more time to fucking set everything up and take it all apart.
0: I won't understand it, but uh, in in the last bit of WWE news, we were talking about Dom and Ray earlier, and there's been a lot of controversy in the past couple of days regarding the comparisons of Dominant Mysterio on WWE television to the late great Eddie Guerrero, um, and there was a post by Vicky and Shaw Guerrero. Which we later found out were not their actual Facebook accounts, which that's why when it comes to uh, celebrities, I never believe anything that I see in a screenshot of it from Facebook, because it's it's there's so many fake Facebooks for celebrities out there, it's not even funny. It's a little easier to find out who is real and who isn't on Twitter or on Instagram, but Facebook is just not a good place to get your knowledge, people. And what I'm referring to is there was a screenshot of a person supposedly, or people supposedly, being Vicky and Shaw Guerrero on Facebook. Um, somebody had shared a photo, a side-by-side of Dom recently with this hair parted similar in a way that Eddie Guerrero's was back in the day, and they were wearing almost the same clothes. And it said, like father, like son. It, the screenshot said um, from Charlotte said, stop it, this is disgusting. From Vicky, it said something along the lines of, oh, I can't even remember. It was... It was something along the lines of this is disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't remember what the hell it was. Um, earlier today, Vicky Guerrero got on Twitter and basically cleared the air because the, sh- the post was shared by Wrestlemania, which if you've never watched them, they are a channel on YouTube that kind of does um, not interviews, but like what ifs or top tens or stuff like that and vicky said that she had never spoken to these people she had never said any of this what was shown in the screenshots were not her shawl and that she supports everything that ray mysterio dominic mysterio and Rio ripley are currently doing because it's it's almost kind of honoring eddie guerrero at the same time by keeping his legacy alive and keeping him talking wwe um you know it's sad when a legend passes away but you can only you can only mourn them for so long before they probably, if they were still alive, would want to be included in certain storylines and brought up as well. And Eddie Guerrero is one of those people without a doubt. I think if he was looking down or if he is looking down on the storyline, I think he'd be laughing his ass off right now.
1: Right. And and Vicky and Shawl are both in the wrestling business. They're not they're not strangers to this. They're not casual fans who, you know, happen to have a relative who was this famous Hall of Fame wrestler. Uh, you know, they know how it goes. And how can you not bring up the Eddie stuff with Dominic's first, you know, appearance on TV was a storyline of Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio over the custody of Dominic,
0: you know? Right, right. like, this is literally, if anything, it's more storyline continuity, if anything, they're not really taking shots at Eddie Guerrero as much as they're kind of throwing it back to a former WWE storyline. Right. So I, I don't know. I just it seemed dumb for everybody to make a big deal out of it at first, and now that Vicky Guerrero has called out, everybody it seems even more dumb. It seems like it was just a waste of everybody's time in the past couple of days. And, and, general, and on this- top of this, on
1: top of that, look, and you're, you mean to tell me Vicky Guerrero has an issue with Dominic Mysterio on TV calling himself the next Eddie Guerrero? But we rewind to 2006, and Randy Orton's sitting there saying to Rey Mysterio <laughs> and he's down there in hell.
0: Oh, that's cool. Like well, that, that was while Vicky Guerrero was still actively involved in WWE. Right. Like let's let's not forget that she was still involved within a year of her husband being uh her, her husband passing away between that Rey Mysterio Chavo Guerrero feud.
1: Right. It's just so, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: and I I'm whether she was pissed off at Randy for that or not, if if she Didn't make a big stink out of that years later. I really doubt she would make a big stink out of this. So, don't always believe what you see in the dirt sheets, people. This is one of the reasons that Lee stopped working for the dirt sheets. is because they're full of shit. Right. But... That's all I've got for WWE news right now. We're going to move on to a couple things from AEW, and then we're going to start wrapping this up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, First thing, kind of cool in my opinion, we saw the debut of Timothy Thatcher on AEW this past week. I've always been a huge Timothy Thatcher fan uh, since I saw him come into NXT. Thought it was a damn shame that he got released by WWE, but him versus Brian Danielson was a dream match of mine from the moment I saw him start to compete in NXT. And boy, did it deliver.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, unfortunately, Timothy Thatcher was one of those cuts for budget cuts from NXT uh, within the last year or two. Budget cuts. Yeah, budget cuts. Of course it is.
0: Even though they made the most money they'd ever made
1: during that time frame. Right. Uh, So, you know, that's unfortunate. He didn't do a whole lot in NXT. Uh, He was featured for the most part on the show. But, you know, looking back at it... That man...
0: that man is a former NXT tag team champion. It, technically. Doesn't,
1: count. it technically, doesn't
0: count. Technically,
1: he's uh, a former
0: NXT tag team champion. If you go look at the history,
1: it does not say Timothy Thatcher is a former NXT tag team champion.
0: He defended the tag titles.
1: Okay, then Bo Dallas is a former NXT tag champion because he defended it when uh, Neville and fucking Oliver Gray lost the titles of the Wyatt family.
0: Bro. Oliver, Oliver Gray. That's a
1: fucking name you don't hear every day.
0: That is a name I have not heard in 10 goddamn years. Fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, Oliver Gray and Adrian Neville were the first ever NXT Tag Team Champions. Right. And now it's just like, who the fuck's Oliver Gray? What does he do? Where is he? Like I, I, re- I, remember I don't him. think he's wrestling anymore. I really don't. That's wild to me. I'm like I, I remember him mainly because I started watching NXT re- as it began. Well, the the 2012 reiteration of it. Yeah, but, man. So I know who he was, but damn. Yeah. Well, it's about time you get Bo Dallas' deal then too. Former NXT Tag Team Champion.
1: Oh, nope. Uh, so Oliver Gray, I had to look it up because now, now it's in my head. He is still wrestling. Uh last known a uh, thing that he was doing was all Japan pro wrestling in 2019 pre-pandemic hmm. and all-star wrestling which he wrestled in as early as October of last year so
0: i had bullshit that this man was the first ever one of the first ever NXT tag team champions and like WWE never mentions him when talking about the NXT tag team championships i mean they really don't mention Neville either considering he works for another company now Right, just like the Wyatt family. That's it. Yep, they're like the Wyatt family were NXT tag team champions once for a long time, and then everybody else happened. Right, Wyatt family weren't the first, but they were just they were champions for a long time. Yeah, but
1: British ambition. There's there's your throwback for the week in NXT. (laughs) Damn.
0: Wow, I feel old now. (laughs) I was I was in college still when NXT first started. I right. I turned 30 this year. Oh, you know what? It's t- it's 2023, so we just hit
1: the 10-year mark where they won the NXT Tag Team titles, now that I think about it.
0: Yeah, I think we're in like the 11th. Early
1: 2013.
0: The fact, did you ever think when NXT rebranded that they were going to last for another 11 years at the very least?
1: No. I remember the fucking NXT Redemption days where it was the never-ending season, and they were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted to because no one was paying attention to what was going on.
0: Yeah. The fact that the first ever season of NXT when Daniel Bryan was in it, I I fully believe that that was a complete shoot when they were like, do you think you deserve to win? And he was just like, no, because he thought it was the dumbest fucking thing. Right. And I think that had a lot to do with him not winning as I, I feel like he spoke his mind when Matt Stryker asked him and then WWE was like, all right, fuck you, because he was clearly the guy they were planning on having win that first season.
1: Right. NXT has just been a roller coaster over the last decade plus. It's had its rise, it's had its fall, it's had its rise again, might fall again, who knows, but
0: but they're still going. Um but Timothy Thatcher had an outstanding match with Brian Danielson in this quest of Brian Danielson trying to remain undefeated to lead into a match with MJF for the Triple B AEW World Championship at Revolution. Revolution. Yep. Um, sorry, I don't ever remember their fucking pay-per-view names Because they have a, a, a named show Like every two weeks hey, but, Rude Yeah, well, it is what it is Um. Also on th- This week's episode of AEW Dynamite We saw the return after four weeks of Samoa Joe To take on Darby Allin For the TNT Championship And surprisingly enough Joe, after a long match Just won it back and I believe it was you that brought it up when we were watching that. What was the point in even having him lose? What the fuck was the point of
1: taking the title off Joe just to throw it back on him a month later? Literally, they had him beat Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs in that triple threat at full gear. And he's on TV. I'm the king of television. I have the Ring of Honor television title and the fucking TNT title. And then he cuts Wardlow's ponytail to get some heat. Then they just fucking take the title from him. And I'm like, what the fuck? We were just building up this gimmick. This guy's getting heat. Why the fuck would we take the title off him? And then they just threw right back at him. Right. Like, and
0: no it happens. It, it didn't do Darby Ellen any favors either, because yes, Darby Ellen's had a good couple of title matches in the past couple of weeks, but they didn't, have, they didn't get any huge story out of it aside from his actual win and that one guy coming in the ring and saying Darby saying he was going to work for AEW one day. I don't know. I don't know who the fuck he is.
1: Uh, Nick Wayne.
0: Nick Wayne. Sure. Why not? Fuck him. But here's the thing.
1: Coming out of all this, which is the most fucking mind-boggling thing of all, they're going right back to Joe and Wardlow for the TNT title. Like,
0: Darby's reign never fucking happened. Bro, he had his ponytail cut. You have to go back for revenge.
1: Yeah, and now he looks generic as fuck with his short hair. I don't care what any of you say.
0: I know, from far away, when he first came out, I couldn't even, like, recognize him without the ponytail.
1: He's got the Frankie Kazarian cut going on right now. Oh
0: God, I miss Frankie Kazarian's long hair too. Maybe he'll go back and have like that he's an impact. One can only hope.
1: He's had all the stages, you know, long hair, bald, spiked, and now
0: he's now he's a DILF. Oof! I wasn't expecting that. Ha! that got you off guard. Um, yeah, but like we had just said, Joe won the title back, and then afterwards, a very generic Wardlow made his return to close out AEW. And the crowd goes mild. Not to mention the show went off the
1: air as Wardlow was getting ready to toss this fucking security guard right over the top rope.
0: Like, completely missed the spot. That's the most AEW thing I've seen. I love AEW on certain occasions, but it's like... I've been completely given up on them like I've given up on with other companies. They're just very up and down week to week for my taste sometimes. Like, they'll... Sometimes they'll have a good month or two string of really good shows in a row, and then it feels like they get into this pattern of, like, one really good show one week, and then one really fucking not bad show, but a show that just doesn't make sense the next week. And it's, like, back and forth every fucking other week.
1: Right, and, you know, I'm kind of just waiting for this Ring of Honor TV uh, weekly show to take off, just so we can see, you know, more of their talent, because... It feels like they just kind of have their current group of people and that's who's going to be featured every week. Think about it like this. Claudio Castagnoli hasn't been on Dynamite. Well, he was this week, just after John Moxley and Hangman Page. But before that, he hasn't been on Dynamite in about a month and a half. He's been relegated to Dark every single week.
0: Yeah, and that's one of your world champions. That doesn't make sense to me, but it is what it is. I'm glad you brought up Um, Claudio Castagnoli though and the first match of the night between Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley because I want to end on this this is some funny shit that I sent you guys and it's starting to blow up on the internet too the um, camera crew from AEW could learn a thing or two from the camera crew from WWE Impact, WCW, just about any other company that has ever existed that maybe when a guy is blading himself during a match you probably don't cut the camera to him to where you can literally see him spit the blade out of his mouth and start cutting himself.
1: Or, you know, John Moxley could just not blade every single fucking match.
0: That I agree with. I don't think he does need to blade every single match, but in the end, that's kind of the camera crew's fault for not paying attention and... Or, no, really, probably on production. It falls probably on production, whoever does the camera cuts, to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be paying attention to him right now.
1: It happens. I mean, I'm not going to make a huge deal of it. it. It's happened to Chris Jericho a few times on AEW TV. He, he's probably one of the more uh, frequent ones where you just catch him with the blade, just pulling it right out. But Rick,
0: Rick Flair would be so proud.
1: <laughs> the most bloody promotion in wrestling. And that's ahead of GCW somehow.
0: I know, right? Ric Flair should go work for AEW. He'd love it there. Uh, all well, the blade He
1: almost did. But then, you know, the plane ride from hell story kind of came out.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, also on Ric Flair's defense, he didn't blade so much as he just used his knuckles and kept punching himself in the forehead until he fucking bled. No,
1: we we got to see Ric Flair in GCW now. That man wants to wrestle another match.
0: He's literally just going to wrestle a fluorescent light tube and just smash himself in the head with it, and uh, <laughs> then do the elbow drop with his jacket and pin the pieces that are left on the ground. Ric Flair
1: versus Nick Gage, WrestleMania weekend in a death match, coming for number 17 with the world titles.
0: Turns out it's actually a death match because Ric Flair just fucking dies in the match. Oh man! I love Rick, and I mean no disrespect by that, but with the jokes that I have always been made as of late about him wrestling so old, it's funny. Don't come at me, people. It's kind of funny,
1: but well, I, I don't think I brought I brought it up on the show recently. But I within the last few weeks I ended up finally watching Ric Flair's last match from last year. I'm, I'm glad it took me so long. I wish I never even fucking did it, but... I,
0: I watched it live.
1: Man, listen. It pissed me off when they did a spot where he was pretending his pacemaker was going off.
0: What the fuck, man? Like, seriously? Listen, Eddie Guerrero pretended to die in the ring like six months before he died in real life. I'm like I'm
1: so glad I didn't watch this fucking match live because I would have fucking turned the TV off.
0: The one thing I will give it though is is you got to give the effort to Um Andrade, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett for putting the amount of effort that they did to make Flair good look good in that match. Because the one how good did he look? Hear me out, because I think this you might agree with. You watch TNA like I did. That match, as shitty as it was was better than any of the matches they allowed Ric Flair to have on TNA television.
1: No, I disagree. Oh, I I fully agree. Watch Mick Foley and Ric Flair from that uh, uh, Countdown Before the Glory in 2010. I thought it was awful. What? I thought it was an awful... That was probably his best match in the company. I thought it
0: was an awful match. Not Not to mention that I don't think Mick Foley put on a single good performance in TNA except on the microphone.
1: Oh man! Now we're just going back to TNA. We we started the show talking about the fucking XW you've got XWB guys coming to other companies. And now we're fucking ending the show with it. Well, speaking we of full circle.
0: Well, speaking of TNA guys, I guess now is a good time since we're ending the show to tell you that later this coming month, Justin and I will be starting our my long uh, awaited return to the show and Lee's long awaited return. Everything's going back normal again. Justin and I later this month will be starting our monthly TNA watch along. It kind of gives you guys that are new to Impact Wrestling or only know them for being Impact Wrestling, look back in the history of TNA and where they originally came from. Guys, if you love stuff from NXT, if you love like cruiserweight division matches, if you love the cruiserweight division in WWE, if you liked it when 205 Live first started, because we don't talk about the end of 205 Live, I think you guys would thoroughly enjoy what Justin and I are about to bring to you. Um, We're going to be watching some of the old TNA pay-per-views and kind of going along, giving our thoughts, analyzing the shows, um, probably giving some opinions based on what we thought of them back then and how we were feeling about it then because we were both significantly younger versus, like, how we would dissect those matches now as well. And I think it's going to be a really good time for people that are TNA fans, Impact fans, and I know Justin and I are going to have a good time with it. You're going to see a lot of guys that you know from the WWE roster like your AJ Styles, your Bobby Roode, um, your Samoa Joe's when he was there will include AEW. Um, guys like freaking Jeff Hardy had stints there, LA Knight back then known as Eli Drake. Um, yeah. yeah, dummy. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys. If you guys watched the um AJ Styles uh promo from a couple years ago where he had his lawyer dressed up that was the monster abyss, you'll get a look at him too. There's a lot of guys that you're going to recognize that if you didn't watch TNA from then, but you watch WWE now, you're going to go, what? I didn't uh, know that they came from there.
1: I hate that you brought up that uh, Abyss was AJ's lawyer a few years ago, because now it makes me wish we got Joseph Park on TV much more.
0: It makes me wish, too, that one of these years, they would just do a surprise entrance for fucking Abyss at the Royal Rumble. There's no reason you can't give a one-off to Abyss at the Royal Rumble. I'm I'm down for it, so... Absolutely. Um, you'll see guys like Eric Young, guys like, if huh, you guys are a big fan of tag team wrestling and you didn't get to watch Impact back in the day, Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, and James Storm, as you know him from Impact or from the NWA or even from NXT for a little bit in like 2015, um, make up my favorite tag team of all time, Beer Money. I absolutely love them. I think you guys will enjoy them too. So I know Justin's excited for this and I am too. I think it's going to be a fun time.
1: Uh, we're also going to see uh, the likes of Okada and his oh. great one in TNA.
0: Oh, Okada. Wasn't he like, he was like Samoa Joe's like assistant, wasn't he? That's fighting yeah, on people.
1: I don't even know what the fuck. There we go. It was, there was, what was the movie at the time that we're basing it off of? His name
0: was Okado. Was just Kato the
1: movie?
0: I think so. Oh, God. But the uh the funny thing about this is that there's like guy you're gonna see guys like Shinsuke Nakamura that you didn't know. If we go, end up going further back, guys like CM Punk were on TNA, guys like friggin' uh women like Mickey James, she was there before. Um just to name a couple, John Moxley, Tyler Black, I believe, had a a singular match in TNA at one point. If we find those, we might we might bring them up. Um if you guys are a fan of AJ Styles and WWE and you never got to watch his time in TNA, you're in for a treat. Absolutely. Oh, and this cool tag team called Generation Me. Yeah, I wonder what ever happened to those guys. Yeah, you guys will have to tune in to see what happened to Generation Me. Remember that. That's the name we're going to remember, and you'll talk about it. You, you might recognize them. There are a couple of guys that killed the industry. Yeah,
1: there are a couple of young bucks, man. I hope yeah. they had Uh, having success in the business
0: yeah me too but on that note we are going to end the show in only one way we can ladies and gentlemen if you want to follow us on social media go to facebook and look up perched on the top rope if you want to find us on twitter the name and handle is perched top rope because apparently perched on the top rope was too long however it's not too long if you go over to instagram because we are known as the perched on the top rope podcast on instagram Perched on the Top Rope on TikTok, and then you can find us anywhere that podcasts are available. If you can't, DM the Perched on the Top Rope Facebook page, and we will get it uploaded there. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, uh, or Audible, whatever the hell you call it, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it. Later this Sunday, I know I've said it a million times, but we've got the gaming setup finally back. We are going to be posting some uh we're, my dad we're going to be streaming some wrestling on the perched on the top rope twitch page later this week and i have officially decided that i am going to be coming at everybody later this sunday with smackdown here comes the pain Oof. yeah one of my favorite games so i think that's going to be one that everybody's going to enjoy so uh i want you to come onto to the twitch page show some love hang out in the chat i will be starting my streaming at eight o'clock and then we will be posting pics and videos of it on the facebook and youtube pages this coming week but with that being said justin spoiler free is the way to be
1: we're out